Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 78 of the Real One Outlet Podcast. I am your co-host, here with my main man, Evan. Mark and Sanfa are not here yet, but I assume they will be here shortly. Evan, how you doing, my guy? We are just two baseball fans who have been let down today by our bitch-ass baseball teams. Pretty much, because... Uh, the Red Sox playing the Yankees right, right, right about now. Josh Donaldson hit a granny bomb, followed by Aaron Hicks home run. But Raphael Devers just hit a two-run home run, and we are down. And this is why we vote for Rafa. Yes, we vote for Rafi. And did the Nats get swept, or did y'all take one? No, we took one. Okay. Okay. But then we went up two nothing today and said, "Fuck it, we done." Yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. But <clears throat> we aren't going to start with baseball. We're not even going to start with sports yet because today is July seventh. July fourth was this past Monday, um, Independence Day. Everyone was outside. It was a beautiful day to watch fireworks, cook out, go to a game, just go out, explore the city and go to any, you know, Independence Day celebrations. Well, in the most American way possible, there was a mass shooting at a 4th of July parade in Highland Park, Illinois, right outside of Chicago and in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now, the crazy thing about the one that was in Philadelphia is you can literally see the people running as they hear gunshots and the fireworks are going off right behind them. Doesn't get any more American than that. Don't you say, Evan? Absolutely. And it doesn't get any more American than the recurring joke every year of fireworks or gunshots. And this year, people decided to make that literal. Sad part is, kind of knew that would happen too, because you know they ain't going to do nothing. Like, you know them senators out in D.C. No, that sorry, Washington. That part is Washington. They are sitting there this week actively planning on not doing anything about this. They're content with it. And like people say, the government is more keen on regulating a woman's uterus than regulating gun laws. So, <clears throat> ain't too much we can, ain't too much more we can say about that. But this is just something that just needed to be brought up. Thoughts and prayers, man. And, and, and this is really just, <laughs> I'm so tired of saying this. But just our hearts go out to everyone involved, everyone that lost their lives, everyone that lost a loved one. Um, so moving on from that one um, to something else that's very grim. If you haven't heard about what happened to Phoenix Mercury Center United States Olympian MVP, a, a, 
a WNBA champion, a national champion, college basketball national champion, one of the best women's athletes over the last decade, Brittany Griner, um, is being detained in, in Russia for having hash oil, which is illegal in Russia. And she got caught. She's been in jail for the last three months. Has it been three months? Yeah, I would like to say. Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think it's been three. Yeah, I I, I, I would like to say it's been the last three months. And she just went to court today. And um, she pled guilty to the possession of hash oil, which is weed oil. Um, And she can face up to 10 years in Russian prison. Now, um, since she is American and she's on foreign soil, um, the president, vice president, they have been working to try and get, find a way to get her home. For whatever reason, Vladimir, you know, Vladimir Putin refuses to let her come home, and what he, what he wants is a trade. He wants us to give him one of theirs, for one of ours, being Brittany, being Brittany Griner, and. This all seemed to happen as soon as the whole war against Ukraine thing started and the Americans obviously showed whose side they were on with that and they placed huge sanctions on on, on Russia and I feel like this is Putin just, I feel like this is Putin just trying to stick it to the Americans by just wrongfully holding um Brittany Griner. Um so we will see what happens as time goes on. I was talking to my I was talking to my uncle and he was saying that her pleading guilty is leverage for for um her to where now it could be easier for them to, it could be easier for them to find a way to get her to come home. But we will see in the coming weeks and months as this all. Now personally, personally, I feel like America. I feel like Joe Biden and America is not going as hard as they could to get her home. And if that's the case, it's because Brittany Griner is the three things America hates the most. She's black. She's a woman. And she's gay. Like, the only reason that this is even even an issue for them is because she's a celebrity. But even then, I feel like they're just trying to ignore it. I don't don't know what's going on. I remember they said, um, you know, I think it was a... I think it was their anniversary where where Griner's wife was supposed to 
but they were supposed to schedule a call between Brittany and her wife. And some reason it didn't happen. They fumbled, they fumbled and they would, I agree. You know, I don't know what's going on. Um, I just, all this is just very weird. And what I don't like is I don't like people saying, oh, if it was LeBron, it would be much different. I feel like if it was LeBron, it would be much worse because of who LeBron is and how Putin has LeBron held, you know, held in captivity. I truly think that if it was LeBron, it would be so much worse. But it also puts into perspective LeBron would never be in that situation because the only reason why Brittany Griner was in Russia was because she's not getting paid enough over in the States to play basketball. So she has to go into Russia to play, to um, play professionally, to keep her income up. And that's just ridiculous. LeBron's over here making 40 some million a year, but that's just me. I, I just, I just think all of this is just messed up in so many ways on both sides. But moving on, um, now we'll actually get into some sports. So yesterday, finally, Baker Mayfield is no longer a member of the Cleveland Browns. He was traded to the Carolina Panthers for a couple draft picks. And I want to say it was a fourth and a fifth. I would like to say it was a fourth and a fifth. I'm trying to pull it up, but I can't find it. It wasn't that much. Oh, then what was it? It was a, uh, oh, it was um, just, oh, it was just a fifth round pick. Yeah, Ian Rappaport says um, the Panthers are acquiring number one overall pick Baker Mayfield from the Browns for a 2024 conditional fifth round pick. Sources tell him and Tom Pelissero. So they don't even get so the Browns aren't even getting a fifth round pick for next year. It's the year after next. They really that's that goes to show how they really feel about Baker. But um or just how teams feel about Baker Mayfield. But all right, I'm back. We back. Yeah. Bro, I thought that was my Wi-Fi for a second. No, nah, no. Nah, this is the second time that this that 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 this has happened. I think in consecutive shows. But um but yeah, um, how do you feel about the Baker Mayfield trade? Number one, the Panthers got better. The Panthers got better because say what you want about Baker Mayfield, but two things are true. Number one, he played a pivotal part in Cleveland winning their first playoff game in 25 years. Secondly, he's better than Sam Darnold. Like, both of those things are clear. And the second thing is, for Cleveland, this is a bad situation. It would have definitely been worse if you had to put Baker out there because he because if Baker would have start for, started for Cleveland week one, he would have stank his way out of Cleveland. He would have gone out of his way to stink his way out of Cleveland. So now the Panthers are in a situation where 
if they play their cards right, they could contend for a wild card spot. Because if you think about it, like there's seven playoff level teams in the NFC this season, at least seven. There's the Bucks, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Niners, and I'm gonna put the Commanders up here too. And the same. Just like you said, you said Vikings too. Saints. Saints too. Saints and Vikings. If a couple of them slip, you got a chance. Right. And the Panthers don't really have that bad of a roster. They don't. Because, bro, Baker Mayfield and DJ Moore is going to be a better – is going to be a better combination than people think. And then not to mention you have Robbie Anderson and then you have Christian McCaffrey as long as he stays healthy. When he stays healthy, yeah. And And then for the Browns, they're in a bad spot. But – you did this to yourself, man. Yeah, pretty much. You, you, Cleveland, you really have no one to blame but yourself because you think about it, and it goes back to the Deshaun Watson thing. And I know we're tired of talking about Deshaun Watson on this show, but we got to bring it up. We got to bring it up again. If even the damn commanders weren't going after Deshaun Watson, the team literally owned by Dan Snyder was drawing the line at Deshaun Watson, and that just meant nothing to y'all? Like, at that point, you just kind of reap what you sow. Yeah, I agree. I agree literally with everything that you just said. Um, the Panthers, on the you know, on the Panthers' side, I feel like anything – that's not Sam Darnold isn't is an upgrade. I tried to help I tried to hold out hope for him last last year, but I think that the that the Dallas Cowboys just absolutely broke him. And I will gladly have us well, I'm not gonna say that we'll take the credit for it, but we sent him back down to reality. Um and I was watching, uh, I was listening to Emmanuel Acho speak, and he made a very good point. This is the perfect situation for Baker Mayfield, because when you think about it, he walked on to Oklahoma. He took this, he took the starting job from, uh, from, uh, Trevor Knight. He wins the Heisman. He's the number he's the number one overall pick to the Cleveland Browns, who literally have only who literally had only won one game in the last two seasons before he got there. And in his rookie year, he won six games. And then in his second year, he wins eleven games and the first playoff game since 1995. So it's almost like So it's like Baker's made for these moments where you're going and now you're going to a Panthers team who literally like they're just on a downward spiral. And and it's really like I said, they they don't have a horrible roster. But. 
You, but without good quarterback play, or at least decent quarterback play, they're nothing but a six-win team. But I feel like Baker, when healthy, can play decently enough to have you teetering around 500. Not saying that he's the difference maker to where they're going to the Super Bowl, no. But I think that he can uh, he can at least put you in a position to where you can succeed. You know, kind of like in Eli Manning, in a sense. When yeah. he's not playing because, it, because of nothing else, Carolina's in a division where you're basically guaranteed two wins against Atlanta. New Orleans is a team you could beat once. Now with Baker, you might be able to beat him twice. Tampa Bay, I mean, the Bucs are clearly the best team in that division. That don't mean you can't beat them. Right. So, so Carolina, the door is open for them to compete for a playoff spot. The wild card race is about to be interesting this year. Very interesting. I think I think even when you look at that wild card race, you have those two teams that you're, you're, you're going to have the two teams in the NFC South with the Saints and with the Saints and the and the uh, Panthers. And then you go into the NFC East where. Dallas and Philly is going to be duking it out. And then the commanders are probably going to be right there because, you know, the NFC East. And I really am, do not sweep on the Giants. I think the Giants are going to be much better this 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 um year. I think they I think they will. Just to where they might put a little scare into a couple teams in, um, in um, the division to where you can't just overlook them. So basically what the Orioles are doing. Pretty much. And then you look at the NFC North, the Vikings still, you know, still exist. Um, the Bears and the Lions are going to stink. And then you look in the West and hell, depending on how the quarterback plays in Seattle, all four of those teams could probably be in the, in, you know, in playoff talks. So we'll see. It's going to be. I can't wait for this NFL season. I think this is the one season where I can't wait to watch football, and it has nothing to do with the Dallas Cowboys. And you know another NFC team we ain't been talking about? The Lions are actually going to be good, at least by Lions standards. Yeah, by Lions. Six wins. Like, by Lions. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, the Lions are going to win a game that we was just not expecting them to win, bro. The Lions, the Lions lost at least four of those, and one of those was that Ravens game. And I still feel like I would not be, I would not be surprised if we look up at the if we look like at the NFL scores one random ass Sunday, and we see the Lions just beat the Packers. I would not be surprised. Oh, Aaron Rodgers would have – oh, I, I, I need that. I need that. I need – I mean, 
I love me some Aaron Rodgers, but I, I mean, granted, granted, we at three hundred one outlet clearly believe Green Bay is the better team. But if the Lions get a win against the Packers this year, I would not be surprised. I wouldn't either, for real, for real. But um, all right. So enough about football. Now let's really get into the good stuff. Kevin Durant requested a trade literally like in like two hours before free agency officially started. Um, so the question that I have for you, well, I have a, a multitude of, of um questions. The first man, what the hell Sampa A? Sampha is Instacarting. He will not be joining us today, unfortunately. Go make your money, boy. But, well, it's not unfortunate that you're going to make your money, but it's unfortunate that you're not going to be here. But I do want you to go get that coin, my brother. But, uh, back to Kevin Durant. The first question that I have for you is where would you like to see him go? And I feel like I know the answer to this. I mean, my heart says DC. My brain, though, Phoenix. I want to see him in Phoenix. Like, and Phoenix the, or, only, or the only drawback to this, the only drawback to this is I don't see a scenario where Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are both on the Suns. You know, yeah. Because if if it is Phoenix, Brooklyn is definitely going to ask for Booker, and they're not going to accept anything less. I feel like at this point, Brooklyn is not going to get what they ask for. They're expecting a king's ransom, and they're 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 just not getting it. And for me, like. Of course, I want him to come home to um to um DC. But you said Phoenix. Now I thought you said the Knicks. I would like to see him with the Knicks. Although something also tells me he's probably gonna stay in Brooklyn. I just have a I I just have a feeling that he's gonna that he's gonna stay in Brooklyn. Either he's gonna stay in Brooklyn. Or they might do some crazy stuff and send him to like Utah or something like that. I don't think he's gonna go to any of the any of the teams that he requested to go to. Yeah. Um, but I I just want y'all to know how trades work real quick. When a player requests the trade, your highest, like your highest value for him. Is right when he requests. So if you like, so if you hold on to him, you're gonna lose value until eventually you get to a point where you pretty much get nothing. Kind of like what the Browns just did with Baker Mayfield. But yeah. um, yeah, I really just I don't see him going to the Knicks. I don't see him going to the Knicks. Utah possibly. The only team I really, and also the main team I don't see him going to is Minnesota. And imagine saying that a year ago in, a, in the event of a Kevin Durant trade. The fact, I feel like the fact that Brooklyn even asked for Kat and Anthony Edwards is absolutely ridiculous. But I feel like that 
I feel like that's just I feel like that's just Minnesota just doing their due diligence just to let their fans know, well, we did see what it took to get them. And yeah, we're not doing that. Can you imagine, though, I I put this in the group earlier, but bro, if this had happened a year ago, like Brooklyn asked for for Cat in exchange for Kevin Durant and Minnesota says no, NBA Twitter would have threw up fit bro because it wasn't even just cat they asked for anthony edwards too right bro nba twitter would have threw a fit if this happened a year earlier (laughs) like all you would have heard is oh the timberwolves don't care about winning that's why they're an unserious franchise and then look at them seven seed and they're probably going to be better this year thanks thanks to the new narrative Rudy, Rudy Goat Bear. Goat Bear. That man, that man dyed his hair. He looks like he plays for PSG now. But um hey no, hey no. The Western Conference all about to lose to a Queens Park Ranger. I'm tired of you, bro. QP. <laughs> Queens Park Rangers. What? <laughs> Oh, that was pretty funny. But shoot, if like like last year, if if I'm if I'm Minnesota, like I'm not even making that trade last year. Because people like Cat is very much so corny. Like he is very much a cornball, but he's still a really good, he's still an all-star level basketball player. He's still really, really good. Like all like all jokes aside about cat and then let's also remember kevin durant is 30 is 34 going on 35 like and cat's like 20 like what is he like 27 so i don't really know i mean i get why minnesota would not go through with that um So let's talk about his top two destinations. How do you feel about Phoenix and Miami being his top two destinations? Okay, Phoenix would be pretty good. Phoenix would be pretty good. But, bro, if he goes to Miami, just give them the Larry O'Brien. Because the one thing that Heat team needs Pretty much literally the one thing they need is scoring. And Kevin Durant has been one of the best scorers in the league for like 10, 15 years now. So if he goes, if he goes to South Beach, everybody else might as well just stop playing. And the best thing about that, the best thing about that, unlike the, the Golden State Super Team, that ring will be all his. Because like last time you had Steph and that was his team. As everyone described it, it was his team. Miami would be Kevin's team, though. Because, I mean, cause, I mean w- would you really say that would be Jimmy's team in the, instead of Kevin? Like, if Kevin Durant gets traded to the Heat, would that still be Jimmy's team? I don't know how that would go, though. Because Jimmy is very – what's the word? For, like, Jim – I know – 
for lack of better words, Jimmy's aggressive. Jimmy's aggressive and KD's a bit more he's a bit he, like he's a bit more low key. But I mean, but if nothing if nothing else, we saw toward the end of the regular season a scuffle on the heat bench go viral and people thought that the heat were falling apart. And then what happened? They made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and they lost to a pretty solid Celtics team. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like I feel like that would be the worst that happens here. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty true. But I see it I see it like this and I'm gonna go back to what Charles Barkley said, and that's if you want to be respected like one of the greatest like top 10 greatest players to ever play the game and you want to be respected like a and you want to be respected like a Larry Bird and and hell Steph Curry, LeBron, Kobe, MJ bro it's about how you go about like, like, yeah, like, yeah, you got your championship, you got your MVP, you got your finals MVP, but it's about how you go about getting it. Granted, those two finals that, that he won, they were at, he, he was absolutely fantastic, but you inherited a 73 win team and already all time great team. You left that team because you wanted your own great team. So now you're going, so now you went to your own great team. The person that you, that you decided to team up with isn't who you thought they were. And now you want out because the going them got rough. Where, where hell, even LeBron switched, you know, switched, you know, switched teams a lot. But when the going got rough, he stayed through it. Now, he may have left when it was all over and the team would have been ruined, but he still got through those tough times, and every team he went to won something. He left each team with the championship. You can't really say the same about Kevin Durant except for in Golden State. Oklahoma City ended in them blowing a 3-1 lead and Brooklyn's ending in drama. And then just for him to come out here and say, well, I want to go to the top two teams in, in, in um, the NBA is outrageous. Like, I, like, if he does it, cool, you're a grown man. You can do whatever the hell you want. But as a fan, if like if I was to look at KD in any type of way, just just as a fan of basketball, like he doesn't get that same respect from me that Larry Bird does because he decided to hop on someone else's back and take the easy way to get there. Where, whereas I would respect it more if he went to, or he, even if he stayed in Brooklyn, 
if he went to a Portland or he went to DC and decided to win a chip there because it would be a harder road to get there. And I mean, of course, I've never won an NBA championship outside of 2K, but I feel like that would be sweeter. But that's just my opinion. What's good, Mark? But you know what? You know what it's also uh, about. Good, Mark goes. It's my drive. It's my power. We stay hungry. We devour. Exactly. Putting the work, putting the hours, and then take what's ours. But, but Mark. Seriously, but, like, but seriously though, him going to Miami, like Charles Barkley said, he needed to be the bus driver. He'd be the bus driver in Miami because everybody was, would everybody would know it's his team. He was the bus driver in. He was the bus driver in Golden State, but it wasn't his bus that he was driving. He do he was just he he was just given the keys. It would be the and same. That's the beauty about Miami. Miami. It'll be his bus too. Mm. I don't I I don't I don't know I don't know I feel like I feel like Jimmy I don't I don't think Jimmy I don't think Jimmy would would defer to KD so easily. I just don't I just don't think he would. But Mark, um, so we're talking about Kevin Durant um, requesting a trade. Um, so I'm gonna just give you the two questions: Where would you like to see him go, and how do you feel about Miami and Phoenix being his top two des- um, destinations? Philly fan, I would like to see him come to the Sixers, but realistically, um. I would like to see him in Miami because I think that makes the most sense with him in Miami. Um, I could see uh, KD, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo being the big three, and I think um, the fit makes sense out of um, compared to like most other teams that are like uh, going after uh, KD, especially if KD wants to go somewhere where you know he's uh he's like um you know like a high chance of winning a championship. He's like a contender, and that's where he's trying to go. He's trying to like win another ring in his career. And just trying to like, you know, of course, like be that guy, which has been like controversial throughout his career ever since he, um, you know, went to Golden State and everything. He's just been wanting like to be that, uh, you know, considered uh, to be on that team that's like considered his team and win the chip. But Miami, I believe, is the perfect opportunity for that because he'll clearly be the number one option down there. And you actually have like, uh, he actually has like all, um, a lot of uh, firepower around him. You have like different weapons around all perimeters that can help him out. So I think the Heat makes the most sense uh, for KD. Yeah, I think out of the, I think out of like the top two, I think the Heat does make the most sense, and I feel like it'll be easier to make a deal because, like Evan said, like if KD was to try to go to Phoenix, they would have to put Devin Booker in that deal. Phoenix just signed Devin Booker to a massive extension. They're not trading Devin Booker, and I do not blame them at all but um and then and then also you got to remember kevin you know kevin durant just signed a four-year guaranteed um four-year guaranteed uh extension a few months ago in brooklyn and he also doesn't have a no trade clause so he really doesn't control where he goes that's why this this whole thing is going to be very interesting. What what haul are they going to get for Kevin Durant? And are they even going to 
grant his wish to go to any of those two teams. And hell, he had Philly on his list too. But I don't even know if Philly would. I mean, granted, I would give up Maxi and Tobias in a heartbeat to get uh to get Kevin Durant, but I don't know if Kevin I I I don't know if Philly's really going to do that. Part of me is surprised that Maxi ain't get traded already. I'm happy they didn't trade. I Max. mean, why they will we trade him? Trade he's like one of the big, yeah. Like, like honestly, I was just saying that from a fan, a fan like I perspective. Mean, but yeah, I know that's not the number one option. But no, yeah, Maxi, he's like one of the best things we have going for us right now, honestly, in Philly. And with James Harden, I mean, like one of the decline. But my yeah, thing is, I was expecting, I was expecting the Sixers to be in like a superstar trade this offseason. Where Maxie is just like an unfortunate casualty, you know, like kind of like Desmond Bain was for the Grizzlies. Oh wait, that I, might be Melton. I mean, I'm thinking of the Anthony Melton. My bad, the Anthony Melton. Yeah, we just got him, so yeah, that's why I'm not tripping. Honestly, I'm I'm okay with the, what the Sixers have right now. We we've added some good pieces. Yeah. All right, so um, so let's talk about. Be real quick with Kyrie Irving with crusting out of out of um Brooklyn. Do you really think all right? So so what do you think is more possible? Kyrie Irving staying staying in Brooklyn and playing for the Nets for at least half of a season and then getting traded mid 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 season? Or Ky or Kyrie Irving getting traded to the Lakers? Like in the next coming days, weeks, whatever. I think of the two, it's more likely he gets traded to the Lakers for two reasons. Number one, we all we all know how the Lakers operate. They're after big names. They're after big names every chance they get. And Kyrie's pretty much the biggest name on the market right now. And number two, if the Nets keep Kyrie. They are definitely going to be top six in the East of the trade deadline. And if they're top six in the East of the trade deadline, they're not trading Kyrie. So, yeah, it's more likely he goes to the Lakers. Yeah, honestly, I can't see Kyrie Irving, like, going anywhere else right now as far as, like, you know, getting traded to and anywhere he would really want to go, to be honest. But in the Lakers, um, it makes the most – well, the Lakers at this point with the circumstances – it will kind of sort of make the most sense for Kyrie since, like, things are working out in Brooklyn. And if he wants to, like, get back to, like, you know, contending again uh, over in L.A. He has uh, veterans like LeBron, um, Anthony Davis, and the Lakers can make some, like, you know, make a trade, like some kind of package for him. Uh, they can get Kyrie Irving and possibly, uh, you know, put get some more other pieces around him. But, yeah, the Lakers make the most sense for Kyrie Irving because KD is out the door. And Kyrie, I mean, and Kyrie Irving is definitely out the door too. Kyrie Irving wants to go to like you know a higher market and compete for a championship as well. So most likely, I feel as though he can be traded to the Lakers within the next days or maybe coming weeks, maybe days though. You know these uh how these Rose bombs have been and like these sham uh, bombs and stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, um, I could see him going to LA. Yeah, I feel like as as much as I don't want Kyrie to come to um the Lakers, and Evan, you are absolutely right about how the Lakers try and go after every big name that you can think of, like every chance that they get. And it's to our like 
like it's the reason why we're such a great franchise but at the same time it's the reason why we fail also because look at last year look at the 2004 i don't want to say look at the 2004 lakers because that team went to the finals but look at the so look at last year's lakers and look at the 2012 2013 lakers but i feel like if we don't like if we don't make a trade for Kyrie Irving, like I say within like the next week, I'm already looking forward to how Darvin Ham is going to like 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 how he's gonna fit Russell Westbrook in with LeBron and AD. I'm really looking forward to that. As crazy as that sounds, as we're as the talks about us getting Kyrie Irving is just is just ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. I would rather see I, I like I would just like to see Kyrie and Katie stay in Brooklyn because they already have an All Star player there. Let's not forget Ben Simmons is there, and just see how that works. But I kind of under I I I understand why it's kind of best to just part ways now. Um, but I think the 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 thing that'll most likely happen is probably Kyrie goes Kyrie goes to LA, and if there's anyone that can keep Kyrie at bay, it is LeBron James. So we'll see about that. Um, not gonna ask that. All right, so let's talk about Bradley Beal staying in DC. What other moves should the Wizards make to be more competitive? I mean, at this point, I'd say try to get another guard. I try to get another guard because I mean, Johnny Davis is a dog. I like the Burton trade. The Burton trade was amazing. But I feel like we need more depth in scoring. Because the starting five on papers that we have now, it should be decent. Like, we have Bradley Beal. We have Kyle Kuzma. We got Kristaps Porzingis. We got, I believe that would be Rui at the other forward, unless I'm missing somebody. And I guess Will Barton, the other guard. That's a decent starting five. Now we just got to get deep. You got uh, Monte Morris too. Monte Morris, yeah, yeah. So again, we just we just need depth now. Yeah, I I, I feel like do that, and just I I knowing how Tommy Shepard has been over the last two years. I know he's been in talks with Brooklyn talking about what does it take to get to uh, get Kevin Durant. And I, and, and I just, and I just feel like if I'm Tommy, I am blowing up that man's phone because they have assets and they have the picks to do it. And the thing is in a Kevin Durant trade, if you ask me, everybody's on the table except Bradley Beal for obvious reasons. Right. 
aside from him, everybody's on the table. And honestly, I haven't been on the whole trade Kyle Kuzma train this offseason, and I'm still not. This is a rare exception. Like, this is the only trade – this is pretty much the only trade that's still out there where I'd be okay with losing Kuzma. Like, anything else, and he got to stay. Yeah, but you also want to keep Kuzma. Yeah, because I like Kuzma in D.C. He has a lot of potential, like, to build up in D.C. Yeah. I think it's a good fit he for him, especially if he's been good. getting, like, criticized. He you know, you know, unnecessarily criticized coming from L.A., but now he found his role he, over in D.C. Like, yeah. Kuzma absolutely does have a lot of potential. But the thing is, if we trade for Kevin Durant, we can't have Kevin Durant and Kyle Kuzma. Because Brooklyn's gonna ask for Kyle Kuzma. Oh hell no! Yeah, that's yeah. why. They, that's why they don't want KD to uh, really come. You know, come over to Philly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, of course, you ship like like a uh, Maxi out of there. If, like in a package of KD uh, decides to come to Philly, but at the same time, as like you know, I kind of like the young core. I like seeing teams build up for now. And yeah. you know, KD, I think is always getting a risky getting him, considering like how he is just overall his team chemistry. So it was always good risking a KD, even though he is like a top, even like a top three player in the world still today. But yeah, you just got to get that uh, risk factor, like that chemistry factor, coming to um, consider that too as well. Yeah, and 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 I and I and I like what you said about how you like teams building up. That's that's why it was so hard to to like see like Josh Hart, Ingram, and Lonzo go with the whole Anthony Davis trade. Although we got AD and we got a ring out out, out of it, like like Laker fans were in love with the baby Lakers like that's what we call them the baby Lakers like the way Boston fans have a connection with Jalen Brown Marcus Marcus Smart and um um, Jason Tatum because they were because they like they're homegrown like that's how we feel about Josh Hart Lonzo and Brandon Ingram hell that's how I feel about Kuzma but um one more question about Bradley Bill do you really think that in the next five years, the Wizards can can be a contender. Oh, that one's a tough question. And it all comes down to whether Tommy has it in him to make the big splash move. Like, like for this Kevin Durant thing, how, how, uh, how far is he willing to go? Right. Because if he if he pulls this off, it's a franchise changing move. If not, there's four more off seasons before Bradley Beal's a free agent. Four more chances to make a splash move. But again, you got to be willing to sacrifice. Exactly. And and correct me if I'm wrong, Evan, but I feel like a lot of Wizards fans, like when y'all get these young players like you tend to want to just hold on to them and i and and i kind of and and i kind of feel like especially ernie ernie did this a lot where he would either be like so infatuated with with them that he holds on to them longer than he should when he should trade them or if he does trade them get a bunch of BS in, 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 uh, in, uh, return or you overcompensate for whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like 
with him, and especially like the Kelly Oubre trade was. Hold up, hold was, up. I was just about to say this. The, the Kelly Oubre trade was a great example of this. How once he has his mindset on trading a player, that player is getting traded. It don't even matter what, like what he gets in return. If he wants a player traded, that player is getting traded. That was the fallacy in Ernie's life. Tommy, you can't be doing that. Like, if you if you throw a player's name out there, the deal falls apart. Keep him until you get a better deal, like a similar deal, if not a better deal. You you can't just be out here trading people for the sake of trading. Pretty much. This ain't 2K. You can't just trade people for draft picks just because you don't like them no no, no more. And you don't have trade override on So none of that shit's going to fly. But I don't – I kind of agree with you, Evan. Like, I, I just I just think, like, it, it's going – like, does Tommy have the huevos to – to make a Kevin Durant trade or say to trade for Donovan Mitchell or Damian Lillard or something like that. Just something along those lines. I'm just putting names out there, but yeah, it, 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 it just, cause, cause you need stars to win. It, it's been shown. Also, Darren, the, you can go ahead and cut the Red Sox game back on. Oh, it's that. Oh, it's going that good. Oh, Oh, <laughs> yeah! You see, Rafi strikes again. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm not gonna get excited. We at three hundred one outlet podcast. Vote for Rafi. Yes, yes, and we also love the demise of the New York Yankees. But um, oh yeah, and I also just 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 want to say I called this game over after the third inning when we got Granny Bomb. So if we end up winning. I will gladly, gladly take that on the shins. But um, moving on, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, but Rudy Goat Bear got traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Your reaction to that? I like the move. The narrative is moving. To where it's cold in the winter, and where there's football, so people could actually go there. <laughs> hey, Minnesota, Burr decided to be in the bid, and they finally made the move. So, yup, Rudy Gobert in Minnesota. You have Cat Gobert, and then you have uh, Ant and D'Angelo Russell. And that's going to be a pretty interesting squad, I think. It's pretty fun squad in the West. I can see the Timberwolves definitely, uh, you know, of course, being a playoff contender. They already was a playoff contender with that current roster they had, and they proved that last year. But now they're, like, actually trying to make noise. It's going to be interesting moving forward and see how, like, the whole Gobert and uh, Cat, um, like, big man combo pays out. It's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, I uh, – when it first happened – like to me, like 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 my first, my first the the first thing I said was, well, why? Because nowadays, you you have two true big men up front, where I assume Cat's gonna be at the four, and Rudy's gonna and Rudy's gonna play the five, 
that doesn't work in this NBA anymore. Not necessarily. You know, so it's going to be real interesting. Teams are going to go small on, 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 on them. And, you know, the key to beating Rudy is to draw him out of, is to go, like teams are going to go small and go five out. They're going to draw Rudy out onto the perimeter. What are you going to like, what are you going to do when that, when that happens? Do you have, like, are you deep enough to accommodate for that? But we'll see. Um, and the, the T-Wolves got, the, the Jazz got a King's ransom for, 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 for Rudy Gobert. It, what they got for him, I think they got like three players and like three picks or like five picks, actually. It was, yeah, it was three players and five picks. So it's utterly ridiculous. They are going to be the most interesting team, I feel like, to watch, um, barring Kyrie to LA. But I feel like that's probably going to be the most interesting team to, to um, watch. Um, and let's talk about other free agent moves. Um, Zion Williamson signed that big extension for the for um, the Pelicans. How good do you think the Pelicans are going to be next next season? The Pelicans got them a squad. If Zion could ever get healthy, the Pelicans have a squad. I think it's a big risk by the uh, Pelicans for like signing Zion than that much, considering that we really haven't seen him stay healthy for a full season yet. But like like Evan said, though, if he is healthy on paper, it looks like the Pelicans are definitely should be like, you know, like one of those under like the radar teams for sure. But Zion's health is still in question. But I guess the Pelicans, New Orleans, you know, they see something in Zion where it's like, yep, this is our next big star. He is a number one draft pick. So he's supposed to like, you know, get this kind of contract, if anything, was not you know, like that's what people expect of him. So uh, the Pelicans are all in with Zion and hopefully we see Zion, you know, like bounce, like, uh, you know, bounce back and like actually, you know, stay healthy and stay in shape because we see how good Zion is when he's just on the court for only like a few minutes at a time. And he has the potential to be like one of like, really like an elite talent in the NBA. But on paper, the Pelicans are going to be looking like a pretty fun team this uh upcoming season. Yeah, I feel like the way that they went at Phoenix without without Zion Williamson, they were gonna beat Phoenix if if um if um they if they had him, and they and and it's like all you can do is just build on that success that you had last year. And what better way to build on that than have someone like Zion Williamson? who is going to be healthy, hopefully, you know, I'm just speaking it into, into existence. Um, outside of that, um, Jalen Brunson signed a huge hundred million, I think it was like four years, $110 million extension, not extension contract with the New York Knicks. How do you feel about that? Cause I feel a certain kind of way about that. It's a solid move. It makes the Knicks a better team. However, and I think I've said it before on this podcast, if that's your big move this offseason, it's a failed offseason for the Knicks. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's how I feel about it. And the thing is, they were talking about Jalen Brunson like he's Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan's a free agent now. And it's just like, nah, fam. I mean, Brunson's good. And that's like an Jaylen issue Brunson. right there. That's an issue right there. If they're if they're hyping up Jalen Brunson like that, that must be Knicks fans bracing for the idea that Brunson is the big signing of this offseason. But when you also Yeah, he probably it, is. <laughs> but when you also think about it, like the Knicks and the Lakers do this all the time where it's you have these like B tier players and it's like, oh, we're about to sign this guy. Like I will never forget where we traded for Ramon Sessions and they made it seem like we was getting Rajon Rondo. No, but um, the Knicks will sit here and they'll get, again, a B tier player which, I mean, again, that's not bad. Like, he's not an all-star, but he's a really good player. Like you said, he makes the team better, but you're treating Jalen Brunson like he's Michael Jordan, and I don't like that. Like, that's how far the Knicks – Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are available for trade, and you're over here talking about Jalen Brunson. Not to mention Donovan Mitchell's probably still available too. But um, moving on from Bronson, last one we're going to talk about. Malcolm Brogdon traded to the Boston Celtics for potato chips. Brogdon is another guy. He's another guy with injury issues. But if he stays healthy the whole year, that's a solid pickup for the Celtics. And Boston is now solidly the top team in the East, pending whatever the hell the Heat do. Yeah, Boston, they needed that, you know, that, well, a true point guard. And Brogdon, like, if he can stay healthy, that is, like, basically one of the keys that Boston, um, you know, Boston fans were really, like, uh, raving about, which is actually true because I feel as though after a while, like just having like Jason Tatum and um, Jalen Brown just like making plays off the ISO was not really going to like, you know, do it for Boston to have them win it like all the way. So Brogdon was definitely like a, a needed. They needed like another guard, like a guard that can actually like, you know, set up plays for the uh, for the top players like uh, Jalen Brown and um, Jason Tatum. So it, it, I think it was a smart move by Boston, especially, um, of course, like Evan said, he can stay healthy. Yeah, I, I, that – when I found when I found out he went to uh that he's going to Boston, that hurt my heart so much. It really, really did. Because I wanted him to be a Lakers so bad. And I just looked at what they got for him. I'm just like, really? They got they got Daniel Tice, Peyton Pritchard, another young guy, and a pick. But you wouldn't take Russ and and um and, um THT, but I just feel like that's just people not banging with the Lakers and not trying to help the Lakers out, and that's fine by me. But I think that is a very like Evan said, I it 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 propels them to like that top team in the um Eastern Conference, and I think that. 
you know, I said it when the finals were over, watch out for the Boston Celtics. And we need to watch out for the Boston Celtics. And that's actually all we have for today. Quick show. Um, anything else you two would like to say to the masses? Joanna Doan struck out Kyle Schwarber today, and we don't give a fuck about the rest of the game. LOL. Yeah, shout out to the Phillies for uh, that series dub. Huh. Thank you, Phillies, for making me happy about that. And yeah, Nationals packed tonight. It's going to be hitting pretty good. <laughs> the Boston Red Sox have lost two straight series and uh, actually, no, three straight series. Cause I don't know if we, I'm going to just say two. Two straight series, and we are starting off against the Yankees tonight. And uh, and uh, that is a ground out. So, yeah, we're losing to the Yankees. Fun day. Fun day. I, I mean, it was 5 nothing. Now it's 6-5, though. That's true. That's very much true. Oh, shit, that's a good one. Hey, right. rival day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anybody but this Yankees, you know, I'll, I'll be rooting for y'all tonight. <laughs> nah, yeah, nah, we're going to need all of it. We're going to need all of it. But that has been this week's edition of the 301 Outlet Podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars, please. Um, Shout out to the gang. Shout out to, you know, shout out to you, Sanford. Sanford, we holding it down for you. Um, be sure to subscribe, you know, if you like it, be a friend, tell a friend, do some guerrilla marketing. But other than that, we are out.